Creativity is contagious. Pass it on in any way possible. Albert Einstein. Hi, creatives. So happy to have you tune into our second season of Bring Up Creativity. I'm your host, Daniela Bonche, a Toronto-based graphic designer and serial entrepreneur looking to spread awareness on pursuing your creative passions or endeavors, whether it be in business, a side hustle, or hobby, you name it. On today's episode of Bring Up Creativity, I am joined with Jessica Hoffman. Jessica is the creative behind the food blog Choosing Chia. She started her blog after a spontaneous trip to India where she studied yoga and Ayurveda a well-known practice that focuses on creating a healthy body through diet, exercise, and mindfulness. After returning home, she found a new passion for healthy plant-forward cooking and started sharing her recipes online. What started off as a hobby quickly turned into a full-time career as a food blogger. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Hi, Danielle. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to talk to you about how you run your blog, starting a blog, and even the niche of your blog as well. So super happy to have you joining me. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and I can't wait to chat about all these things with you. I feel like of all people, you probably have a really cool or just like a really cool idea as to what you drink either first thing in the morning or throughout your day. So I'm going to start off the episode with this. What is your go-to coffee or tea order? My go-to coffee order is actually extremely boring. Um, I'm a straight up like black coffee drinker. So plain black coffee or an Americano for me in the morning. That is my go-to. If I'm feeling adventurous, I'll add a little splash of oat milk. Well, to be honest, I think that's great though, because it's like, you're kind of like to the point, you know what you need, you know what you want. Let's let's just have it black. And sometimes it's needed to be honest with you. Like there are days where I just crave a really strong flavor over anything that's like too sweet, especially when it's first thing in the morning too. Sometimes like, I I don't know. I I don't know if I can do like super, super sweet first thing when I wake up. No, me me too. Unless like maybe in the afternoon for a little pick me up, but yeah, morning for sure. I like, I like to keep it simple, like just a black coffee or a matcha tea or something like that. Is it like hot for you? Or are you liking cold at the moment? Oh, I know. I'm all about the hot coffee in the morning. We don't really have in Montreal that many hot mornings. So it's usually pretty cold in the morning. So a hot coffee always feels really nice. It's the same thing here in Toronto, honestly, but I'm just waiting on maybe some warmer mornings, but I'm not too sure, but I go hot too. There's just something about it that I prefer. I can go cold in the afternoon, but first thing in the morning, it definitely needs to be hot for me too. Same here. (laughs) Morning, hot, afternoon, cold. Exactly. Glad we see eye to eye on that. (laughs) Our similarities in coffee are actually very, very similar. So I want to start off just by getting to know you before, like even who you are presently. That being said, what was the first realization that you had a passion for like food and nutrition and even just blogging it? And then once you realized you could start a blog, when did you realize it could be your full-time job? Yeah. So my blogging journey really started when I started to get into yoga and taking yoga classes while I was in college. And then I started working in marketing and I always loved yoga. And there's like a very big focus on like vegetarian, healthy food. And there was one point while I was working in marketing, I was like really unhappy uh, with my job. I worked in fashion. I worked for startups. I was doing a bunch of different jobs out of college. And I actually got laid off one of my marketing jobs, which I was 
not happy at at the time. So I was working for just a local startup at the time. And I was toying with the idea at that time of doing my yoga instructor certification. And I was debating about doing it at home. And then I started looking at it in India. And I was like, man, how cool would that be to go to India to study yoga? And then about a week later, I got news from my company. I was working for a startup that they were kind of running out of money and they had to let me go. And I kind of just took that as a sign. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and I I packed up my things. Yeah. And I took off to India and that's where my really big passion for healthy food, vegetarian cooking really came to be Um, just studying yoga and Ayurveda there. I I really developed a passion for it. And when I came home, I started to post my recipes on my blog online. And that's kind of where my journey really started. Did you automatically think when you came home, like, let's start that blog or were you almost like stuck on the idea like oh should I start it should I not start it or did it feel like right for you when you came home and you knew you wanted to start a blog up it definitely felt right I already had my Instagram account at that point where I was just kind of doing it for fun just kind of posting some random things I was making there posting like yoga poses and stuff but yeah I was pretty set on it because at that point I was kind of like wait a second I'm posting all these photos of recipes I'm making, but there's nowhere for me to actually really share the full recipe and details about it. So I was really set on having my own spot online where I could share that information. But at the time, I didn't have it in my mind as like a business venture. It was really just like a personal thing to share what I was making. Interesting. That's really cool to hear because I think sometimes people associate blogging right in the beginning as a business. But then I feel like there's also so much to learn when it comes to starting a blog. I do not have recipes to share, but I did start (laughs) one a few years ago and it was just to talk about design tips and I didn't consider podcasting. Blogging was one of the first things that I did and I wasn't really sure how to run it. I wasn't sure how actively you need to post on it. I wasn't even sure I was using the right platform for it. Even in the beginning, the SEO that comes with it too, were those all things that you feel like you taught yourself along the way or you took some courses on or you read up on on it online? Yeah, those are definitely things that I taught myself along the way and through like a lot of just Googling and, you know, YouTube videos and things like that. But it did take me time. I feel like back when I started my blog, I also, I had no conception that you could really make money doing it. It was just straight up a hobby for me. And then when I kind of started to discover, you know, and, and get some brand collaborations through Instagram and hear of other people with blogs that they were monetizing, I was like, wait a second, like you can do that. And then I started to take it more seriously. But in hindsight, if I went back, I would 100% wish that I kind of started off with a strategy sooner because I was just kind of really posting randomly and sporadically for my first couple of years of blogging and, and really wasn't getting any monetary benefit from it at all. I feel like I've been in that boat too, though. It's like you kind of just start out and you're doing it for fun. So you don't automatically associate hey, I'm going to do this and put so much strategy behind it. Like, yes, it probably would have increased my following at least, or just like my business growth. It would have, it would have grown a lot faster, but I still feel like even just starting it, even if you have no clue is still you're one step ahead of anybody else who's still stuck in their head about whether to start it or not. Oh yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And you know, like better to do it slow and figure it out eventually than to not do it at all. 
do you still keep like your blog posts up from like a long time ago? Because I keep like so many old things. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I should go delete it. Why do I still have it up? Um, and then other times I'm like, I don't know. It kind of like shows the journey. What, what, like, have you ever gone back to any of your old blogs and just thought, oh my God, look at how much I've grown. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I definitely still have some really old recipes with like terrible, old iPhone photography, um, like with my really old phone that are posted there with like no information or descriptions. And then I even have some that I've gone back and I've updated the content and the photos. And then there's a few posts that I've definitely gone back and deleted because they just don't feel like they're in line with the type of content I would post anymore. So yeah. there's definitely Good a mix, point. but you can, you can definitely go all the way back and see some of those like really old beginner posts. I love seeing the growth too. And I was talking about this with somebody actually recently and they they said, no, I love how you keep your old stuff up. Um, keep in mind, you, I, like I have deleted a couple of things because I'm like, ooh, that, you know, <laughs> done better. Um, so I'm like, that's not necessary, but I do keep a few things. Like you said, like if it's not really in core relation much anymore, like feel free, like take that down. But it's cool to know that you can go and see some like really old style photography um, from back then versus like now. And there's probably like a huge level of growth there between like I don't even know like the voice of how you're typing up directions or anything like that maybe it's become really refined but I know mine has become super refined and I'm not I don't know but for me it's just caption writing to be honest with you for those that are looking to start a blog what are some tips that you would share with those people who are interested in it that they may not know that might be very crucial before starting their own blog Definitely one of the biggest tips when you're starting is that you want to go into it with some sort of strategy for your posting and how often you're going to commit. Consistency, I would say, is like the number one most important thing when it comes to blogging. When people ask me like, what's the big secret? I always say like, it takes time to grow, but it's all about consistency. So I know a lot of people who jump into it and it's kind of, you know, like they post a couple times and then they don't post for a month and then they post again and then they stop for a couple months. But if you really jump into it and you don't have to be posting like five times or 10 times a week or anything like that to grow, even committing to one time a week and just committing to that schedule and knowing that going into it, that's going to help you get like a hundred steps ahead of everyone else. Yes. Yes. I had a feeling that that was actually going to be one of like the best tips because even when I started the podcast, cause that's all I know about, right? Like I don't know much about blogging at all, which is why I'm so happy you're here. It's even the same thing with starting a podcast, like getting on that schedule allows people to realize that you're like consistent and reliable and that you're going to show up. And because there are people that will literally tune in or read up weekly, if not sometimes daily in hopes that there might be something new. Um, And so like, that's a great tip for anybody starting out because I remember even, I don't know if there's specific days that help with posting blogs. Like if knowing like, okay, actually, you know what a blog might see more readers on like a Wednesday. It's even like that for podcasts too. Like there's like people aren't going to tune in as much on weekends. And I actually started off saying, Hey, watch for episodes to come out every Sunday. And then my podcast editor and manager was like, um, that's a mistake. Don't do it. Is it the same with pod, uh, with, uh, blogs too? That's super interesting. Um, I would think that people would tune in on weekends because I don't know, you have more free time or something. And with blogging, there's no, particular 
day of the week in terms of posting because I think it's more about what days you're promoting and it'll really depend on what niche you're in. So I'm in the food blogging niche. So a really heavy traffic day for me is Sundays because Sundays everyone is getting their food prep done and their recipes for the week. So I always see higher traffic on Sundays. It doesn't necessarily mean I have to publish my posts on Sundays because I can publish on Friday or Saturday and then promote it on a Sunday. Very true. But it's, yeah, it's really about looking at kind of what the schedule is for other niches. It might be a little bit different so if you're in fashion or wellness or whatever but yeah there's definitely certain days of the week we see little spikes of traffic over other days hi creatives as we all know registering or incorporating our business creating legal agreements and managing employees can be difficult when you have to run it through different programs but i did all this for my own graphic design studio and other businesses through owner the all-in-one place that allows you to register your business in 15 minutes. Check out the link in this episode's show notes to start growing your business online and quickly. To learn even more about managing and running a creative business, subscribe to our monthly email list as well through the link below. Let's get back to that episode. I do have to admit, my guilty pleasure is on a Sunday reading through a series of recipes and recipe blogs to figure out what I'm making that night. So for you to bring that up, it's so true because I will actually spend my afternoon or morning while I'm eating or something like that just to figure out what the heck I'm making for dinner that night or what I want to make for the week and devoting my time to figuring out my schedule. And I feel like a lot of recipes that I do read into as well allow for you to like almost take that recipe and feel a bit more creative when you are cooking. So there's so much creativity that goes in behind the scenes of not only you writing it and coming up with the recipes, but then also seeing other people being creative and making what you've posted. How does it feel when you see people creating the recipes that you've, you know, come up with and written for people to try out? I love it so much. I honestly, that's just the absolute best part of blogging when you get someone message you on Instagram being like, Hey, I made this for dinner. My whole family loved it. We're going to make it again, or post a comment on your blog post, or even take their own creative spin on your recipe and be like, I added in these vegetables and these other ingredients. And like, we absolutely loved it. It's just the most rewarding feeling ever to know that you've contributed to someone to help make their day better. And I know it might sound silly because it's just, you know, through food, but food does really bring people together. And that's one of the things I love most about food blogging. I swear it's a love language. Like it is. <laughs> it Good really food. is. Yeah. It's a love language. Love food? <laughs> exactly. And it's not like you have to like, I don't know, everyone can taste food and just be like, wow, this is an amazing experience to share with you. Like, thank you for joining me on this amazing food night. I love it. And I feel like in these industries, in the beginning, we don't anticipate us to feel like we're almost impacting people's lives or that it's going to impact ourselves. I mean, like for you, did you know that there was going to be people reaching out to you to say, hey, I absolutely loved it. And did you anticipate to help change people's lifestyles too? Because I feel like what you're helping people do is eliminate the idea that nutritious food and good food isn't bland. It tastes, it can taste good. So did you anticipate to realize that you were going to help other people along the way too? Not so much in the beginning. It's it's only when those messages started coming in. And again, it still has to do with that idea of being consistent because you're going to be posting and sharing content for a while and it feels like no one's listening until you get that first 
message or comment come in and you're like, oh my God, someone actually made this or someone actually loved yeah. it or or you helped them to make a healthier choice or find a snack that they loved eating. And, and that's really what gives you the momentum to keep going is knowing that you are impacting other people in a positive way. Yeah, definitely. I, I can vouch for that when even when it comes to like the podcast or even the content that I decide to post on social media, it is a rewarding feeling. And, and I do agree with the fact that in the beginning, it feels like you're talking to absolutely nobody. And you're thinking, is this like, am I doing anything right now? Like, is this impacting anybody? Is anybody reading it? And then once you get that first message, you realize, oh, people are actually, you know, really liking my content. So I'm, I have to keep going. So I love that, like the keyword throughout this episode is almost like consistency and everything that you do. But I feel like for you, there must be a lot of time that goes into even coming up with these two, like these recipes. How do you come up with it? Like what inspires your recipes? Yeah, it definitely takes time to come up with with everything. I, 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 I sit down and I plan my content usually at least a month in advance and I have a content calendar and I look up ideas. So um, one thing to talk about is a big part going into any new recipes on my blog or any blog posts, no matter what your niche is, is SEO, which is search engine optimization, which is creating content that will rank in Google. So that should always be a priority when creating blog posts, because at the end of the day, you want to have your content showing up in Google and ideally on page one of Google, oh, yeah. so you can have more people yeah. finding it, right? But you can also, you know, get creative from there. You don't just have to post the most basic thing that people are searching for. So I really love coming up with seasonal content and I also love traveling. So that's a really big influence in my recipes, places I've traveled to, dishes I've tried, cooking classes I've taken abroad in different places. So you'll really see that come through in the content that I share on my blog as well. I love traveling strictly for the food. <laughs> it's the best. Like it's, it's hard to say. Like sometimes they're like people say, "Really, Danielle? Seriously, you travel for the food?" I'm like, "No, no, no. It's not just for the food. It's just like it's again a love language, and I love food. I'm not a chef. I'm not professional in that aspect, but just being able to." take flavors and spices and even I think the experience of talking to the chef when you are abroad or even anywhere that you go and you eat out it's so much fun because you might learn something or they might share a story behind that and th there's such an experience that comes through it and being able to cook some foods from your travel experiences or a class that you took or anything like that is really neat because someone might have never traveled to the place that you've gone to but they are craving that type of experience and that type of flavor profile. So it's like you're sharing, sharing like your travel experiences through something that's not even like you have to talk to them in person or you're showing them photos of a beach. You're actually sharing it through something someone can enjoy at home, which is so cool. And like, again, why I love food blogs entirely is because I get to try something that somebody's actually been able to eat or transformed in a different way. And then I get to try it just in the comfort of my own kitchen. When you are like coming up with these recipes, do you make them like more than once? Like, do you have some that are like your absolute favorites that are like your go-to sometimes and almost like comforting for you? Or are you an avid in terms of trying something new every night? I definitely have my favorites. <laughs> I'm totally a creature of habit. I have certain things that I go back to again and again. There's a few recipes for my blog that I make all the time, like my ramen noodle stir fry and um, oh. 
my cookie dough energy balls. I've been on a kick with those as well as my healthy breakfast cookies are so good. There's just certain things that I find myself making over and over again. I just can't help myself. (laughs) Reason I'm asking is because like, it's neat for me because I want to look into the recipes that you love most because it says a lot too. Like if there's something that you automatically go to, I'm 100% wanting to try it because I trust your opinion, like almost the most. And those sound delicious. I've been struggling to actually find like a good ramen recipe. That's why I rely so much on the internet for that because I don't know enough about it, but I crave it. So why not instead of, you know, always ordering out to try and make it at home. So that's why I I absolutely love that experience. And if you weren't doing this, Jessica, like, let's just say like you didn't find your way into blogging. What do you think you'd be doing right now for like full time? Have you ever thought about that? That's a really interesting question. So I come from a marketing background. I studied marketing in university and I worked in marketing and fashion for a couple of years. Always thought at the time that I wanted to go into fashion and work in fashion and ended up absolutely hating it. (laughs) Funny how that works out. I know. Like, I'm like, this is just what I want to do. I know I want to do it. And then once I'm in it, I'm like, I'm like, this is terrible. Get me out of here. I don't know. That's like a really great question. I can't really imagine what else I would be doing if I wasn't doing food. I might possibly be teaching yoga full time because I do have my instructor certification, but I don't teach right now. I taught for a little bit after I got my certification on the side while I was working on my blog, but it was a lot to do both at the same time. And I really just wanted to do that experience so I can even just, you know, have my own self yoga practice and just have that background knowledge of yoga. But yeah, if I wasn't food blogging, I'd say I'd probably be teaching yoga full time. I swear you'd still be making food for yourself and just enjoying it too at the same time. Like, oh yeah. (laughs) I say like, even if I wasn't in like the design industry, I'd be doing something in relation to design as a hobby, just out of love. And obviously like, you know, I love to cook, but it's just a hobby for me. So I feel like even if you didn't decide to start the blog and go full force with it, you would still be doing it in some shape, way or form. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And if you could give like one piece of advice, to someone looking to get started into the food industry or even just starting a blog on another topic, what would you say to them? I would say start right now. I know the biggest struggle most people have is actually jumping in and getting started. And once you do, you really pick up the momentum to keep going. That is often the hardest part, right? Just starting and jumping into it. So that would be my number one piece of advice. I actually put off starting a blog for maybe about a year before I actually did it, just going back and forth. Like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Like, but what about this? What about that? Maybe I should start. Maybe I shouldn't start. And you just kind of go back and forth in your mind until it never happens. If you can commit and just say, I'm going to do it and just jump in, that is going to give you like biggest momentum to really propel yourself forward. I've always done this thing where it's very similar to you. It's like you create this list of pros and cons mentally. And it almost seems like sometimes in our head, our self-doubt gets in the way and the cons outweigh the pros. And it's, I swear, if we don't say it out loud or I don't know what happens. It's just like sometimes our internal voice just says, don't do it because there's somebody that has more experience and they're doing well, you're not. And it's completely false. And 
I have no other way of explaining it that how self-doubt and ourselves just taking a while to get started, it overcomes the positivities of just starting, even if it's not perfect. And I swear that piece of advice goes for literally any project too. And even like starting a social media account, like just getting started. And I know it's hard to say all of this and then not compare because I swear the internet just promotes it. It's like an environment where it's like, hey, compare yourself. Just start today. Start comparing. Um, and it's, it's easier to say don't than obviously to not. Yeah. I feel like we're super similar, Danielle, with yes. that. <laughs> it's so true that I took a while too to start anything. Anything. Like I remember talking to people like, I'm going to start a podcast. And they'd be like, great. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I probably won't start it. (laughs) And it takes a while to start. But then once you do, like you said, from the day you first started blogging to now, there's so much growth and learning that comes with it. But if you just don't start, you're never going to grow. And that's the least I can say in, in this aspect or this piece of advice in relation to even just starting a blog. It, again, I feel like it could apply to any project and just getting started and embracing the imperfections is one of the best things we can do. And it might just change our lives like it did for you. Exactly. And I think there's a lot of, I think fear really has a way of trying to keep us stuck. Like you said, like I'm a huge like list person. I love my to-do list. I love my pros and cons list, but I think you (laughs) definitely need to be careful with it sometimes because it's really easy for you mentally to create these cons that are actually not really real things in your mind because you're just building it up, right? The imposter syndrome just comes in and you're like, you're like, no, what, maybe I shouldn't do this. But if it's something that feels scary, but kind of exciting at the same time, that it probably means that it is something that you should do. Yeah, that is such a good point, Jessica. That is such a good point to say that if it scares you, it's probably a good thing to do because it's great to get out of our comfort zone. A hundred percent. And like the worst case is you learn something new or you try and it didn't work out and you know, then you know at least you gave it a shot. Absolutely. Oh, I love this conversation because it's we all go through it, whether we want to start a blog or not. We all feel this way. We all talk ourselves out of something sometimes. So I swear this was also like a daily dose of just motivation to start something that you've been wanting to, but you've been talking yourself out of. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for, for joining me. But before we say our goodbyes, I just wanted to ask you if there's any upcoming projects that the listeners can look out for and where they could find this. Yeah, so I'm actually just about launching, and I might actually be launched when people are tuning into this podcast, a new mini course on how to start a blog, because I know so many people, as mentioned, really struggle with the setup, like the tech, and like, what do I do? Where do I start? So I put together a brand new course that walks people on how to, walks people through how to start a blog. It's called Start Your Blog in a Day, and that'll be coming out really, really soon. So people can kind of get that momentum and that first step and have a little bit of help along the way to get there. These courses are so needed. I feel like even in this time of life, because we all mutually, at least with the people that I've been talking to, we just want to live a life on our own terms. And if it means like pursuing what we love, and it's going to be like in that online format, these courses are amazing because it's something that I feel like even just a few years ago, we didn't really have, like there weren't that many courses to help you, you know, start a blog and what are the best ways to monetize and what do you need to get started? And what are some of the tips that a lot of people don't talk about? So that is super exciting. And I'll have all of your socials and links below for anybody listening and looking to 
dive into this world. I feel like it's super exciting and congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Danielle. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. We're always brewing up something new for all of you to tune into and love hearing from you. Our team over here on Brewing Up Creativity would love it if you joined our community in any capacity. Whether it be checking us out on Instagram at Brewing Up Creativity or leaving a review to help us better serve you as listeners. If you're looking to join or sponsor an episode, reach out to us through email, which is linked in our episode's show notes below. Thanks, creatives.